Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and we're delighted to have you with us here on The Great America Show. Among a host of events and circumstances that appear about to be actualized, the greatest attention is properly focused on Communist China. Let's start with the Chinese communist who Joe Biden and the family seem to be so particularly fond of for some strange reason. The Chinese Communist Party is, in fact, the principal causal actor in two dramas, one of which still could ruin a lot of people's day. The first has concluded, if you will, if you live above 41.5 degrees north latitude and below 41.5 degrees south latitude, you were safe all along from that Chinese 25-ton booster rocket that fell to Earth yesterday. But most Americans didn't know that would be the ending. Most of the United States, you see, is below 41.5 degrees latitude, which meant most of us were at risk, though minimally with the spent booster rocket out of control as it tumbled and returned to Earth. The red-hot five to nine tons of communist booster rocket debris that survived the re-entry hurtled to Earth between Borneo and the Philippines. That's a load off everyone's mind and a relief. This, though, was the third Long March Chinese rocket booster to crash uncontrolled to Earth. One crashed harmlessly into the Indian Ocean. Then the second crashed in Africa. There were no injuries in any of the three risks that China decided the rest of the planet should just have to accept. The Chinese either refused to install the necessary technology in their Long March rockets to bring down boosters safely in a controlled re-entry. Why they won't, we don't know. But these are the same people who didn't warn the world about that deadly Wuhan virus that they unleashed to create the 2020 COVID global pandemic. Now, a specific risk that arises from the People's Republic of China, the commies are going crazy over Speaker Pelosi's Asian trip on which she embarked last Friday. And one of her destinations may be Taiwan. Not yet confirmed, but just the possibility has sent the Chinese commies off the deep end. They are truly wildly agitated. So much so, one of their top propagandists is calling for war if Pelosi does land on Taiwanese soil, even going so far as to threaten to shoot down Pelosi's plane and any aircraft flying escort for her visit. And President Biden, with his customary weakness and pro-China stance, has made it known that the United States military doesn't think that's a good idea. The aircraft carrier strike force led by the USS Ronald Reagan is headed back in the South China Sea and appears to be steaming toward the Taiwan Strait. And U.S. warplanes are being moved into position in the region to provide heightened security after the Chinese threats, which are clearly intensifying. 
And while we're on the subject of national security, last week's passage of the $50 billion subsidy for troubled U.S. chip makers also irritating to no end the now oh-so-sensitive communists who chastised the Biden administration for destabilizing the global semiconductor market, by which they mean they don't like the U.S. outcompeting China in the marketplace, which we surely will. So what do you think about a Chinese totalitarian communist government that subsidizes, supports, and directs its entire economy, wailing because the U.S. government provides financial aid to chip makers, one industrial sector that is critical to the U.S. economy and national security, and is now receiving $50 billion in government support? Biden doesn't have the guts, but he and his administration should be lacing in to Xi Jinping's effrontery and hypocrisy. Not to mention the sad, silly aggressiveness of Xi and all of his bellicose mouthpieces who think they can bully the highly impaired and compromised President Joe Biden. It's never been more important that we put strong America First candidates into our government at all levels. Now, with just over three months to go till the midterm elections, there are 16 critical primary elections in the month of August alone. Tomorrow, Primaries will be held in Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Missouri, and Washington. This Thursday, a primary will be held in Tennessee, and on the 9th of the month, four more primaries, Connecticut, Minnesota, Vermont, and Wisconsin, then Hawaii on the 13th, and Alaska and Wyoming on the 16th. In Alaska, Sarah Palin running for Congress and a return to public service, and in Wyoming, public service for Liz Cheney in question. We'll see what happens. Then two of the biggest states, Florida and New York, on the 23rd, wrapping up 16 primaries in one month. Primaries that will decide in the Republican Party whether the liberal rhinos win or the MAGA patriots will be elected who will help turn this nation from the disaster created by Marxist Dems who run the Democrat Party and their rhino allies. I'm delighted to welcome now one of the Patriots running for office, a real warrior. Our guest today is Abe Hamaday, a great American running for attorney general of the great state of Arizona. And his victory is critical not only to Arizona, but to America and President Trump. Importantly, Abe is the America first candidate running for attorney general in Arizona. He's a veteran, a former prosecutor, and he's a fighter in every way for America. Abe is endorsed by President Trump and Senator Rand Paul. Abe, welcome to The Great America Show. Give us your expectations, if you will, please. Thank you, Lou. Thanks for having me on. So, you know, I was endorsed by President Trump on June 14th, which was his birthday, actually. And ever since, you know, we've shot up. We were already ahead in the polls. You know, we had Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul's endorsement prior. And uh, it's just been a rocket ship. President Trump's endorsement is the most powerful in political history. And, you know, Arizona is really on the front lines of so many of the battles that we're witnessing. So that's why President Trump endorsed my campaign for attorney general. But, you know, we're on our way to winning on August 2nd. And we had just finished the uh, Trump rally when he was here in Arizona on Friday. And what an honor it was to share the stage with President Trump and to meet him in person. And, you know, it is just uh, it's it's really interesting to see. You know, because Lou, I got I got in this race last. You know, I was uh, I jumped in in November of 2021 because I was actually this time last year I was 
serving in the U.S. Army overseas in Saudi Arabia. So it's interesting to see how it's all come together. And, you know, people are motivated right now to save our state and save our country. Well, I certainly hope so. I, 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 because if, if not now, when? Uh, the, the, all that the United States is facing uh, with uh, enemies within and without, uh, all that uh, Arizona is facing, whether it be at the border or throughout your state, whether it's uh, corruption, whether it is uh, crime, uh, this is a, a time for real patriots to stand up, and I'm delighted that you've done so. Abe, uh, I want to thank you. Uh, certainly uh, for all that you're doing uh, and will get done, I'm sure, in the state of Arizona. I, I want to talk to you about some of the issues that you've uh, put forward. Uh, but before I do that, I'd like to get your sense also of the state of the nation as you see it. Can we begin there? Absolutely. So if you're looking at, you know, I got involved in politics about 15 years ago, um, back in 2007, you know, on the Ron Paul campaign. And, you know, back then, Lou, the fights were different, it seems like. It seems like it was much more philosophical. And, you know, I was part of the Tea Party movement. But what's going on now is something that I've never seen and how quickly things have changed. And, you know, as I mentioned, I feel as if we're at war and we're being ambushed every single day by the radical left. I mean, right now you have Disney coming after us. Right. It's not just government we're, 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 we're facing, you know, that, that can infringe on our liberties. Right now it's big tech, it's corporations, it's a sports industry, it's even elementary schools that are shoving, you know, critical race theory down our throats. So it's so much more unusual than, say, the fight that we had to deal with say, 10 or 15 years ago. So this is where the state of the nation is dying so quickly. And I think we recognize that this is you know, this has been a long war that the left has waged on us, you know, probably since the 1970s. But, you know, they, they've infiltrated the academic institutions, you know, and built up their army, and now they just activated them. So this is why, you know, I tell folks, when we win this November, which, you know, I'm optimistic that, you know, we're going to have a big red wave push this November. and But when we win it, we can't just give up. I mean, this it took us decades to get us into this mess. It's going to take us decades to get us out of it. So, you know, we have I'm to you know, put right. our foot to the metal. Yeah, right. I'm afraid you're right. But, you know, the, the, I, so I, I go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, no I worries. Just, I just I, I I just think when I when I talk about the state of the country specifically, when I left on my U.S. Army deployment in July of 2020, you know, things were already a mess, Lou. You had the George Floyd BLM riots and you had the COVID lockdowns. And quite frankly, our founding fathers would be ashamed of us what we've tolerated over the past few years. And then I come back in September of 2021 under a new president, and it's only gotten much, much worse. So this is where we have to understand that the states are the ones that founded our, the federal government, and the states will be the ones that save our country under the right leadership. Absolutely. So long as the states have, uh, as you say, the right leadership, uh, it, it's, it's, it's criminal, in my opinion, what I've seen happen in a number of the border states. Uh, whether it's California, uh, whether it is New Mexico, uh, it is, uh, it, it's, uh, and frankly, uh, under the current leadership of uh, your governor there now, uh, it is disgusting to see how tepid they've been. Greg Abbott has been a model, I think, at least in terms of what he's saying, and now at least what he's doing uh, to, to protect against uh, the border. But it's insufficient, and you and I both know uh, you're, 
you know, you're the, the National Guard, you know uh, what I'm talking about. It, it takes an army to defend that 2,000 mile long border. It is not going to be a simple matter. A wall would have been a ma- an immense help uh, and a big part of the solution. But right now, it's going to take boots on the ground, in my opinion, to stabilize that border and to take control of it. Your thoughts? You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And you've been talking about this for a long time, Lou. And the what's going down at the border is historic, record numbers. And it's unlike what it was, say, back in 2007, where it was primarily, you know, Mexican nationals crossing the border. Right now, only 6% of those crossing our southern border are Mexicans. I mean, the, the majority of them are Central Americans, but then you have a ton from Russia, Ukraine, uh, Yemen. You have them. Well, we, had a, we have terrorists, people on terrorist watch lists who are entering our border. So the rest of the world understands that our border is completely open. And what happens when they enter, Lou? And once they enter, actually, the federal government gives them work visas once they get their court date for, to see whether they can adjudicate their asylum claims. And they're ba- they basically know how to rig our justice system. So they're, they're in their country here for about eight years before, you know, the courts uh, deal with their asylum claims. So, you know, what I've been calling for uh, when I become Arizona Attorney General is work with our new governor and protect our border in a way that's going to classify the drug cartels as terrorist organizations. And there's actually some consequences when you do that. Once you designate them terrorist organizations, you can have enhanced sentencing on them. And currently, under Arizona state law, we use the U.S. Department of State's definition of what a terrorist is. And as you know, Lou, it's been politicized. I mean, the yep. Yemen Houthi rebels who are firing missiles at us when I was in Saudi Arabia uh, on the U.S. Army deployment, you know, they were delisted by Joe Biden as a terrorist organization, which is why Saudi Arabia is not too happy with them. So I believe Arizona has the best ability to know what the threat is and the threats on our southern border. It's not just the record flow of migrants coming across, but the drug cartels, they've shifted into human smuggling as well. So this is a this is an issue that we have to secure. And the rest of the country has to understand what we're going through in Arizona. And you're right about Governor Abbott. I don't know if you've been seeing the news lately, but you see the D.C. mayor and the mayor of New York. They're mad because of the, the, the shipments of buses going to their cities, and now it's taking a strain on their, on their resources. Isn't it interesting that the D.C. would be complaining about what they're responsible for sending to city after city <laughs> all around the country? I mean, every, when now we say every state's a border state, we are in the sense that illegal immigrants are being shipped there uh, either by Greg <laughs> Greg Abbott, uh, the governor of Texas, or uh, by Joe Biden bringing people in and giving them charter flights to God knows where in the country. Uh, you couldn't, there is no way that people could have imagined such a circumstance as we live in right now. It is a crisis at the border. It is a crisis in our communities. We have high crime, crime, crime rates that are just uh, climbing uh, as as never before, uh, certainly in this century. We we are a nation in crisis, and this president doesn't even know where, he's, where he is on the stage, let alone what's happening to this country. Uh, you were talking about, uh, the, the, by the way, I want to compliment you loud, clearly, and, and, and first on having the guts to take on the cartels because that is what every attorney general should be doing in this country. That is what the federal government should be doing and understand that they are the, uh, as, you know, 
as talking with Derek Martz, he was the former special ops director for the DEA. He says it as clearly as anybody I've heard. This is a mass poisoning. This is not overdose deaths. These are poisonings that are intended by the Mexican drug cartels, the transnational cartels, as proxies for communist China. It's that simple, yep. and people have got to wake up to it. Yep, you're exactly right. And you've been talking about the China threat for a lot longer than you know what now people are discussing, right? So China with the fentanyl that's pouring across our border, I mean, this is where we have to start getting tough on China. That's why I applaud President Trump and what he was doing. Yes. But when we're talking about the drug cartels, I mean, you are exactly right. These, these drug cartels are sophisticated operations. I mean, you know, when you're looking at how many billions of dollars, uh, they, they have more, they, they sometimes operate more of a budget than other countries' GDP. So, and many of the, the cartel members are former special operations with the, with the Mexican military. So they have complete operational control at our southern border. And it's time that Arizona militarizes our southern border because the federal government is not here to help us, Lou. We recognize that. And it's unfortunate that, you know, there, there's four states that share a border with Mexico, California, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. But really, it's just going to be Texas and Arizona who are going to be leading right. the charge to defend our, our states and our country. So this is where we have to, first and foremost, complete the wall. But we also have to realize we have to negotiate with the Native American lands. In Arizona, you know, a lot of the a lot of the borders actually on Native American territory. And this is something where we have to get tough because, I mean, I have Border Patrol friends. You know, when they would set up camera systems on the Native American land, they suddenly got taken down because it became sacred, you know, territory and because they were effective. So this right. is where we have to start getting tough uh, and negotiate with all the parties involved, Mexico, our Native American tribes. So we, we have to start looking at different creative ways to tackle our border situation because under our current leadership, Doug Ducey has completely failed us. I, I, I'll be straightforward about it. Native American land and sacred land. Uh, I, I, you know, as a young man, I did work uh, to, with the Department of Labor uh, to work on programs for Native American youth of uh, reservations. Uh, we have to be very honest about what those reservations are, the limits of their power, uh, and their mm -hmm. too often opportunistic use of the expression sacred land. Uh, when it comes to the national security of the United States of America, there will be no nonsense as far as I'm concerned. This is an outrage uh, that there should be any question about defending that border, uh, whether it crosses Native American lands, whether it crosses uh, uh, the Rio Grande, the Colorado River. Uh, this is a time this is a time to understand we're in a war. Yes, and you're exactly right. Look at the rest of the world is laughing at us, Lou. We're, they're laughing at us because we can't even defend our southern border. And believe me, they're taking advantage of it. I mean, Fort Huachuca, which is where I've done military training, that, that is the headquarters for the U.S. Army's military intelligence training. I mean, that right. is just miles from our southern border. And believe me, there have been illegals who have been found on Fort Huachuca. I mean, it's such a massive base. So the rest of the world is looking at us and they're laughing. So this is where, you know, the federal government hasn't, under this administration, I mean, even before Biden took office, do you remember before Biden took office, there was those caravans and they had these T-shirts that said, Joe Biden, let us in. Now, who was paying for this? This is where I've also been going after George Soros. I mean, clearly these radical leftists, 
groups who, who want to change, who want to transform our country. They have their hands involved in all of all of the aspects of our lives, not just at our southern border, but also our streets too. So this is very intentional and it's orchestrated what's going on. So it requires us to you know take a different approach. You know, I met with um, former Virginia Attorney General Ken Cuccinelli. Um, right. A few months ago, you know, we were talking about using the, you know, Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, and Article 1, Section 10, and it really requires, you know, a different way of thinking. And we have to start cha- challenging our assumptions in the status quo. Look, we just got rid of Roe v. Wade after 49 years because we challenged the status quo. Now we have to challenge the way we're thinking about our border being only a federal immigration domain. I no longer see it. It's a state sovereignty issue, and that's exactly what I'm going to pursue when I'm attorney general. Well, good for you. And uh, and you are referring to the invasion uh, clause that uh, correct that uh, would allow uh, the government to uh, defend its borders. I mean, I mean, to me, th- to think you have to find a citation and and, and put forward a brief <laughs> and be in court to say I'm going to defend our borders, uh, that should be a reflex. Uh, it should be instantaneous. Uh, but it, no, what we've witnessed since 1986, uh, which was the amnesty of Ronald Reagan, uh, has been right. a, a pure on uh, migration uh, that has turned into an invasion. When we're talking about two million. Uh, illegals crossing our border in the first year of the Biden administration when we expect anywhere from five to seven million in this next coming year to cross that border unimpeded. Uh, it, it, it's it's mind boggling and, and it should be frightening. It's it's criminal. You know, I, I think it's criminal what's going on. If you're looking at I think they said they had 800,000 illegal immigrant gotaways you know, in the last fiscal year. I mean, this is more than us, the state, the state, the population of South Dakota, right, yeah. and and Rhode Island. So you have to, we have to look at what's go- the the invasion. It's not just these poor migrants flocking across the border. Well, the United States is the most generous nation on earth, and for us to say that we have laws and that you need to respect our laws in order to get into our country it is not something we should be ashamed of. So. If you look at it's quite interesting to see how Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have totally, you know, neglected our southern border. And yet they talk about the fentanyl crisis, too, Lou. I mean, the, the fentanyl crisis, and the drug crisis going on across our country is a direct result of our wide open border. So it's, you know, it's, it's only going to get much worse, especially since Joe Biden has advertised the rest of the world that, you know, it's open season. And you're exactly right when you said it should be a reflex to defend our border. Imagine for a moment that the Biden administration removes all of the, the border patrol from our border. Is Arizona just going to sit back and say, well, you know, this is a federal immigration issue? Of course not. We have to protect. We have a duty to protect our citizens. So that's exactly what I intend to do with working with the new governor. We're going to militarize our southern border and it's going to result in lawsuits. But this is our this is our shot to go on offense. President Trump gave us a great Supreme Court. He gave us a great circuit court judges and he gave us great district court judges. So we're going to challenge the status quo. Well, good for you. And it's also, again, a fight worth having. Because at least if you're, they want to go to court with you, they have to identify themselves. They have to come out from under their rocks. They have to fly their true colors. And that means they're enemies of national sovereignty. That means they're enemies of the United States, as far as I'm concerned. Whomever they may be, for whatever reason they think they're fighting, if they're not ready to defend this nation's borders, then they're not ready to be Americans, as far as I'm concerned. 
Absolutely. And your, you know, border security is national security. And I want to hone in on the fact that uh, there's a, there's a Saudi national with potential terrorist linkages to Yemen who was apprehended, you know, at our Yuma sector a few months ago. So, you know, this is where it's not just these poor migrants. China, I mean, China, Chinese spies are, are coming across our southern border. And why wouldn't they? You know, the, the 150 countries were represented uh, from people from all across the world came across our southern border because they know the United States is the best country in the world, and they're going to they're gonna come in here and invade it. And, that, and, and in the meantime, Joe Biden is sending six, $60 billion to Ukraine to defend their borders. So yeah. this is where it's, it's, an, it's embarrassing, and I no longer can see the federal government under this administration as a reliable partner. So we have to, we have to look at it in new creative ways, and you know, I do applaud Governor Abbott and uh, some, others, uh, some other states who recognize that just because Arizona and Texas are on the border, it really affects the other, the other states as well. So I think we have to start you know, doing a, a lot tougher job in uniting the other Republican states to, to defend our sovereignty. Right now, uh, the way I put it is uh, illegal immigrants coming across that border right now have been given an easy pass by the uh, the Biden administration. It has never been easier. It's never been uh, more in, uh, absolutely incentivized. Uh, it is a disgrace this period. And we have two people in, in, in leading the nation. Uh, Kamala Harris is vice president and Joe Biden is president. Both of them impaired. He, by some form of mental illness, I think, uh, and she simply by, she can't seem to learn anything. She doesn't seem to know anything, and she can't express herself. I, I can't imagine being in a worse position to have a succession issue ever. Uh, and then we reach down to Nancy Pelosi. I, I mean, my God, what are we doing to this country with the people we are electing? It's, it's frightening, and the rest of the world sees it, and that's why they're seizing their, their opportunity. That's why you have Russia invading Ukraine. That's why you're seeing Joe Biden begging the Saudis for oil. So th th this is where and you're looking at China. I mean, China is, is becoming a lot more aggressive in their military posturing as well. The rest of the world senses weakness. And, you know, when I was overseas in Saudi Arabia at the U.S. Army, I, I witnessed, you know, President Trump, he was tough, but he was also a peacemaker. I mean, he literally got peace in the Middle East, Lou, something yep. that all, all the presidents wished and dreamt, dreamt to do. And, and he got it done with the, the Emiratis, with, the, with Bahrain, with Sudan, with Morocco. And then he killed Qasem Soleimani, who was on the battlefield of Iraq planning an attack on our embassy out there. So he got rid of one of the, the world-leading terrorists. Uh, of the of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. So this is where President Trump was respected and yet feared around the world. So this is where we need to re restore our confidence. And it's it's sad to see, you know, I, I look at people who want to go to D.C. and Congress and Senate. You know, it's important to send them there. But I always tell them, you know, they're going over there to play defense. The states are going to be ones that are going to be going on offense. So, you know, we still need to elect good fighters to send to D.C., but I'm, I'm telling you, Lou, there's been a seismic shift in the way we've been thinking, and I think primarily it's due to the COVID restrictions that occurred in the past few years. And you saw Ron DeSantis and, you know, you saw Christy Noem leading the charge. So this is where states are going to be. We have a lot more power than we realized in the past. So we're going to start going on offense come this November. Well, I, I love the, your analysis, and I, I love the way you express that. Uh, it is important 
Uh, that is what the founders envisioned, by the way. The states, uh, whether on offense or defense, the states with uh, sovereign power and the federal government with federal sovereignty uh, over the nation. It is, people have forgotten what these governors are supposed to do. Those states' attorneys general uh, are supposed to be about. Uh, it, it is, it's just remarkable that we have also seen life breathed, uh, if you will, breathed into the federalist system again, uh, in some cases by courts, in some cases by uh, President Trump himself. Yep, you're exactly right, Lou. And and look at who we're going up against, too. I mean, George Soros has recognized this from the beginning. This is why he's invested so many resources in, in prosecutor offices, right? Because he recognizes the law is ultimately just a piece of paper with text on it without enforcement. And that's why he's been so successful in going after these prosecutor offices to transform our country. But why I'm so optimistic, Lou, is because look at liberal San Francisco. I mean, this is liberal San Francisco got rid of their prosecutor, Chesta Boudin, just last month in June. And it was primarily led by immigrants. It was actually Asian-Americans who, who primarily, you know, went up went against the, the, the liberal machine out there in San Francisco. So I think there's a big push uh, against these radical George Soros prosecutors. And, you know, we have them in Arizona right here. I mean, in Pima County, you know, which is a which is which is a border county is led by a George Soros prosecutor. So this is where I've been calling for as attorney general. I'm going to work with the state legislature to empower me to take over any felony cases because there are plenty of prosecutors who are refusing to, to do their job. Well, and, and it you know, in a very similar situation, it took uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney to jump in and shame Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, and force and force the federal government to bring charges against the person who tried to kill him on stage in a rally, uh, Lee Zeldin, running for governor, a Republican. Uh, they let him out within a matter of hours after he tried to kill a, a, a man running for governor. Uh, and, a, and, by the way, let me add, a U.S. congressman. But it took Claudia Tenney a congresswoman to force to shame the attorney general of the United States into bringing charges after that. Can you, can you imagine that level of ignorance and indifference to law and order in our country? It's, it's insidious, Lou. It's insidious that there is a sham January 6th committee going on in this two-tier justice system where they literally rip up, you know, they, they yank Peter Navarro off a flight and put him in handcuffs. And then yet we have Hunter Biden and all of the crimes exposed on his laptop and nothing has been done about it. So the, the rest of the country, you know, people are waking up. This is frightening how they've, how they've eroded and corrupted our justice system. It is absolutely frightening. So this is where we have to restore confidence in the law. And you're exactly right. I mean, especially after, look at the world leader Shinzo Abe, who was just killed, you know, in, in, in Japan. And, um, and you have now a campaign uh, event where Lee Zeldin was attacked with a, with a shank. I mean, the, the, this shank could have easily killed him, easily. And he was released, I don't even think, without bail, Lou. And then that, that's what's York, frightening, a, too. New York's a no-bail state. Didn't have to do anything. Right. Just walked out the door, just tried to kill the man. It happened to be a U.S. congressman running for governor of your state, but don't worry about that. Uh, the rest of the public will be safe, I, is their thinking. <laughs> Uh, and, well, and, 
It's my it, it's, it's I you know I was recently endorsed last week by Bernie Carrick, who is the uh, you know uh, New York Police Department uh, Police Commissioner and on 9/11 worked with Giuliani and you know him and I were talking. He said, Abe, you know it, it it doesn't take it doesn't take long to to have chaos on our streets, and that's what we've witnessed. But he also said it doesn't take long to fix it as well. I mean, him and Giuliani back back in the 90s, they fixed New York rather quickly, and it just requires enforcement of the law. So that's where, that's where I'm optimistic that once we have good leadership in place and who, who restores law and order, that, that the rest of the country, the rest of the state, they're, they're, they're going to start to see that sense of direction change. So the, the George Floyd BLM riot you know, was absolutely despicable what we witnessed. And, and now in we so have many this sham January and that now we have the sham January 6th committee. So this is where, you know, we have to start looking at the justice system has been corrupted by these liberal prosecutors funded by George Soros. And we have to take them on uh, head on. I was talking with Eric Trump uh, today and and he was talking about all that the family has gone through. Uh, and uh, and I brought up the issue of the persecution of, of President Trump and his family for six years now, six years and not once have they found anything, whether it's a special counsel uh, investigation, three years, almost three years of FBI investigation of one form or another, two presidential impeachments, and now January 6th, there is not one single thing they found uh, to charge him with. And they still continue. And they talk, Adam Schiff, of all people, talks about the president lying. The president is the only one who didn't lie in all of those proceedings. <laughs> he is the only one who was uh, was vindicated, exonerated. Adam Schiff is now a card-carrying certified liar for life. Uh, he lied through and through and throughout. Uh, and, and and Hillary Clinton is a massive fraud and uh, and the and the or, the originator of Russian collusion, uh, <laughs> farce, uh, and attempt to frame President Trump. We all know it, but the national media doesn't do anything about it, doesn't care about the story. Just let's uh, no. see what the January 6th committee has to say this time, as if there will be any difference in the outcome. And you're right. And, you're, you know, you just spoke to Eric Trump. But look at Letitia James, the attorney general of New York, going oh, after okay. the Trump family as well. So, you know, they're being bombarded right now. And you're exactly right when you talk about, you know, when I spoke to President Trump, when he endorsed me, he said, Abe, don't forget about the crimes of 2020, the election crimes. And I said, absolutely not, Mr. President. I'm a former prosecutor. You prosecute crimes that occurred in the past. The Durham probe, we're still going after Hillary Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton and the crimes that she did in 2016 and, you know, with the Durham probe. So this is where, you know, there has to be consequences for actions, Lou. And I think that's what we're missing right now. And you know, the two-tier justice system has to end. And, you know, Cash Patel, who's a good friend of mine, you know, he was leading the charge against this whole Russia collusion yeah. hoax. How has there not been justice for the leaking of a fake dossier to the FBI that was, that was orchestrated with Russia, by the way, to undermine President Trump? How has there been no justice for this? For this? So this is where I, I'm excited that 2022 is just the beginning, Lou, just the beginning for us to finally receive justice for what they've done to us. Well, I love the sound of that, and uh, it's a clarion call for the citizens of Arizona. Uh, we always uh, give our guests, Abe, the uh, concluding thoughts, uh, the last word, if you will, on the Great America Show. So this is your turn, and we appreciate you being here today. 
Well, thank you, Lou. You know, I, I've been in this fight for a while, although I'm, I'm young, I'm fierce, I'm bold, and I'm fearless. And, you know, when I got back here from my Army deployment, you know, September of 2021, I don't say this to be hyperbolic, but I no longer recognize our country. I mean, the, the, the issues that we're tackling are just so much more different than I've ever, you know, realized that we were doing back 10 or 15 years ago. So it really requires people with courage. And that's why I'm optimistic about this America First movement that President Trump has built. It's, you know, it, it's going it's to require an all-hands-a-deck a approach to this. But ultimately, I look at who we're fighting, Lou. I mean, the radical left are ultimately not scary people. I mean, they don't even know what gender they are. So it requires us to just have a backbone to, to fight against them right now. And, you know, this is where I think majority of Americans are truly with us on, and on our side. So I'm excited that Arizona, I truly believe, will be the, will be the ones who, who were the start of America's greatest comeback story. So if your listeners want to help my campaign or know a bit about me some more, you can, they can go to abeforag.com, abeforag.com, A-B-E-F-O-R-A-G.com. Thank you, Lou. Abe, thanks so much. Uh, We wish you all the very best of luck. God bless you, and thanks for being with us here today. Complete honor. Thank you, Lou. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Remember, be sure to vote. Your state and your country depend on you. Here tomorrow, our guest will be the Attorney General of the great state of Louisiana, Jeff Landry. Certainly a great American. I guarantee you, you'll find him fascinating and a public servant who brings integrity to government. Please join us here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.